The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. Welcome to Connected, the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts, where we have conversations with members of the arts community. I'm Assistant Director Nick Mataragas. This week, I will not be doing the interviewing. You're going to hear a new voice this week, because this will be the first interview done by our brand new Assistant Director, Jess Rocha. Just interviewed Year 9 Exhibition Award winner, Danielle Pilato, in her very first interview. I hope you enjoy. All right, so I'm here. Uh, with Danielle. Danielle, if you want to start by just doing a little introduction of yourself, that would be great. So I am Danielle Coloto. I live in St. Charles, Illinois, and I am a contemporary figurative realist painter. Awesome. All right. So Danielle has a piece in our year nine show called 12 Years, and she was selected by one of the judges as a runner up for our juried show. Uh, Danielle, do you want to talk a little bit about the piece that we have up in there? Sure. So the piece is about 18 by 24 inches. It's um, called 12 Years, and it is a self-portrait um, that I painted um, during the pandemic. It is oil on aluminum panel, and basically the, the gist of the painting is kind of about being a mom and watching in my case, my daughter uh, start growing up and not needing me quite as much as she used to. <laughs> and so um, the idea just came about when I was um, going through all our winter clothes and I found her hat um, with the M on it, which is kind of a cue to people that know me because they know my name starts with a D. And so they kind of put two and two together and figured out, oh, this is Danielle lamenting about her daughter not really needing her anymore. She still does though, but just not as much. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do you do a lot of uh, like self-portraits? What's your, what's your typical subject matter that you work with? So I'm actually, um, I had been doing a lot of self-portraits, especially during the pandemic, just because it's very difficult um, to shoot people indoors when a lot of people wanted, you know, to wear their masks and protect themselves. And I had done some paintings during the pandemic outside um, when it was nice outside. However, uh, the, the outdoor lighting um, just wasn't what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I wanted that really beautiful light that comes in your window on a, a gray day because it, it just gives you such perfect looking skin tones that um, I thought, okay, well, I'm just gonna have to shoot myself and start, you know, do, <laughs> doing things that, you know, um, aren't quite what I had planned for, like so many people during the pandemic. And, and now I've been actually um, had people back in the house now, you know, now that things are loosening up and um, I'm working on some new pieces right now as a result of that photo shoot. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I read on your bio that you're self-taught. Do you want to talk to me about your artistic journey? Like what led you on it? 
Sure. So I am uh, self-taught and I um, did have some education in art, obviously in high school, um, just because everybody, you know, has to take art in high school, but I did, I did excel um, in art and uh, would enter into like the scholastic art fairs that they host, you know, for kids at that, that high school level. Mm -hmm. um, I did get to attend college briefly. Um, I just was unable to stay just due to uh, financial circumstances. And that, that didn't even really happen until I was in my early 20s. Um, and I just remember when I had to leave the American Academy at feeling totally devastated, you know, walking to the train downtown and thinking, how am I ever going to like, you know, go where I want to go with this? Of course, back then I was focusing on a degree in illustration. Um, but after years of just working, you know, regular jobs and then getting an opportunity to become a graphic designer, um, I ended up learning uh, graphic design and um, I'm still basically a graphic designer, a packaging designer. Mm -hmm. uh, just literally, it seems everything that I learned in my life, I learned the hard way. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, things have changed a lot in that field. It's a very saturated, competitive uh, field, but I've been doing it for over 20 years um, and can basically sketch or draw or digitally create um, you know, illustrations, usually they're technical or product-based. Um, but I, you know, at one point, um, probably about six years ago, just thought, you know, I really, I really love painting. It's my passion. It's been backburnered countless times for many reasons. Um, and, you know, I started connecting with social media and uh, making lots of virtual friends and also local friends. Um, and started realizing that, you know, um, if I really want to do this, I can just do it. And it really comes down to just watching what other people do, how they do it. Um, lots and lots of practice. Um, I have taken some really great courses um, with artists. For example, uh, Brianna Lee is a fine artist who had been offering a 10-week course. And I think it was titled... Um, can't remember the exact title, but it was it was basically like for the self-taught artist, right? Which really caught my attention. <laughs> and um, she's really a fabulous painter. And I learned just so many of the things that I was missing that I just, you know, little things that just make that difference. And so, you know, when I say self-taught, it's true, but yet I sometimes I don't like the connotation that it holds because you know, self-taught doesn't mean that you have to stay down in your basement and struggle for years on end. You know, there's plenty of really talented, giving artists out there that um, for really reasonable prices too, I might add, um, have, you know, these courses that they film. And so you can return to these courses and keep uh, replaying the parts that you're either having trouble with or that you may have forgotten. Uh, to hone your skills, you know, so it's for being for me being self taught means I just didn't get the formal education that I really wanted, mm -hmm. you know, but I have found ways to um, get around that it just took longer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. 
That's really cool. Uh, let's see. For for any like younger artists watching this, um, do you recommend any resources for kind of you know learning at their own pace? And like I know you mentioned a couple of artist names uh, that do some videos, but uh, how did you find your courses specifically? Um, you know, befriending people on Facebook, following artists that I really like, um, you know, artists that I felt represented where I wanted to be someday, more or less, maybe, maybe not exactly what their, their style is or their color choices are, but um, technique wise, I would see certain artists and go, wow, you know, like, she can really turn the form or she's really getting depth depth of field in that that painting and that's you know that's where I want to be right so um, you know everyone's on social media and a lot of these artists that have probably I would say 25,000 or more followers tend to be the ones that are offering courses so I would highly recommend if you're seeing someone online and you've been following them a while and they start posting you know I'm going to be you know holding a workshop or you know, go to my uh, Gumroad, you know, website, and I've got classes there. I mean, that's a great way um, to just start getting your feet wet. In fact, I'm even starting, <clears throat> going to start offering um, some classes here at my home on how to mix skin tones and how to start turning the form and things that I've heard from people locally that I know um, that would like to kind of learn some of these ticks and tips and tricks to, um, you know, just make their paintings more of what they want them to be. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's really useful. That's really mm -hmm. awesome. Um, where would they be able to find your classes? Uh, was that on your website or will you have it on Facebook? So I haven't posted anything yet. Okay. Um, I'm still kind of formulating things. I have one person that, that wants to give it a go. And so we're kind of winging it right now. <laughs> um, However, yeah, I feel like once I, I do a couple and kind of get the formula for how I want to present that, I'll definitely be posting on my Instagram, which is, you know, at Danielle Piloto. And then um, my Facebook is Danielle Piloto Artist. So uh, either of those two places, um, you know, you can feel free to either follow me or follow me and message me. Um, I really, I really don't want to like pigeonhole people into just one type of class. I feel like everybody has different needs and I would love to be able to like coach people based on what their needs are. And if I feel I can help them with those needs, then that would really be cool because as you probably know, like whenever you teach someone, you always learn as well. So it's, it's a win-win. Um, and that's something hopefully that by spring is well, spring's almost, I think spring is here. <laughs> All right, so maybe summer. <laughs> Around summertime. So, yeah. Awesome. That's super cool. Um, let's see, my next question. What's your typical studio practice like? What's your day-to-day? -day? How often are you in the studio? How do you get started? All that, all that fun, juicy stuff. Oh, my gosh. So... Uh, the bulk of my time painting is done on the weekends when I have larger blocks of time. I do work a full-time job because, you know, I'm a wife and a mom and have all kinds of other responsibilities. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm working full-time during the day. And then um, if I have time after work, I usually can squeeze in an hour or two. 
on the weeknights. Um, and then on the weekends is when I really have like the larger blocks of time to focus. Um, my practice, you know, I um, basically uh, try to do all the things during the week, like in the evening, that will help me be prepared for the weekend. So by that, I mean, if I can prime my panels during the week, I do that. If I can work on my drawings during the week, I do that. If I can transfer a drawing to a panel, then I'll do that. Um, if I can uh, get all of this, the colors I need to paint with mixed, I'll do that. And then all of that's kind of, because I don't, I don't want to have to do that on the weekend, right? Like mm -hmm. on the weekend, I just want to walk down here, it's all ready, and I can start painting, right? Mm -hmm. And and when that happens, it's like perfect because I can just, you know, I don't know, focus on that that end goal, which is, you know, everything's prepped, everything's ready, uh, the, the colors are ready, maybe I need to tweak them a little because I was tired when I mixed them or whatever, but that's not a deal breaker. There's always ways around that. And um, basically then I, you know, put on my favorite music, which could be anything given on, you know, just maybe what I'm painting, uh, maybe the, you know, the, the thoughts I have going on in my head about that painting. I like to usually uh, paint to something that feels supportive of that. Um, there's other times when I kind of over challenge myself with um, a piece and go, wow, like you really didn't think about how difficult this is gonna be. <laughs> And in those cases, there's no music. Like it's literally hours of dead silence down here while I try to focus on technique um, because when it's that difficult, I find the music distracting. In fact, when I really first started, um, when I made the decision to really um, focus on the figurative painting, which was something I always wanted to do, and just didn't have the know-how. And, you know, back then there was really no internet or there was no social media. So like, you know, you were really like on your own unless you could go to art school or you had a really close friend who was already good at it or something like that, right? And so, um, so yeah, there in the beginning, probably the first couple of years, I didn't listen to any music at all. I was constantly just, mixing and checking and, you know, um, paying attention to my technique, paying attention to which brushes I was using and why, like, you know, because it's so multi-layered what you're, what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to get your values in check. You're trying to, you know, mix your colors appropriately. You're doing all these layer upon layer of oil paints to get that depth, right? And then throw some mediums into the mix, right? That can be a whole other, um, you know, experience. And, you know, and then sometimes there's the failures where you thought the idea was so great and you just spent, you know, 15, 20 hours working on it to realize that wasn't, so, you know, either it wasn't a good idea for where you're at or you ju you're just not executing for some reason. Um, so, you know, all of that, you know, happens to everyone. It's just whether they show you on social media or not. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of... Um, Hopefully I answered your question. That's kind of been how it's been and the way it goes. And, um, you know, you just, honestly, I mean, the best advice I can give anyone is to be patient with yourself because like anything else that you do in life, 
it's a learning process, right? And if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way, but it's, you know, it's going to take real work. Nothing just happens because you want it to, or else, you know, I'd have a big money tree out back, you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, when you have a, a piece that's really difficult, because you kind of touched on this a little bit, how do you normally address that? Do you step away from it for a while? Do you find ways to make it work? How, how do you go about that? Well, I've learned that um, you really need to think about it as your own individual. For me, um, you know, if it's, if it's a painting of someone that I've painted before and I feel super familiar with their features and things, um, there's not as much prep as if it's someone that maybe I've known them a while, but I've never actually tried to draw or paint them, right? And so I take a lot more time with the drawing phase of it. And, um, you know, another technique is to do like a small version of that painting, like mix your colors and then do a very blocked in kind of mapping out of how you think you're going to paint it to see if, if that really pans out for you or not. Um, and because I tend to be a very uh, intuitive painter, that's where uh, sometimes I, I don't want to plan the entire painting, especially like the backgrounds until like the very end, because I want to see where my intuition takes me. And that can be really cool or really dangerous. <laughs> and, and so in that case, typically what I do is I put the painting aside and it can sit for a month. It could sit for three months. I mean, I just feel like if it's not ready, what can you do? You know, you, you can force it and potentially wreck a bunch of really good progress that you had made, or you can just give it the time and space that it needs so that you can come back with a fresh set of eyes. Because even when you're painting something that is working out really well, you still need to get up and go get a snack or come back and, you know, walk away from it and then come back multiple times or stand from across the room and look at it because, you know, you're in so close most of the time that, you know, you could be singing along to your favorite song and thinking everything's great. And then you go upstairs to get an iced tea and you come back and you're like, oh my God, like, who was that doing that? <laughs> like, is that me? <laughs> like, was I here? You know, like it's, it's, it's just, I think it's just human nature that you, you, when you're enjoying something you do, you can almost convince yourself of things that may not be the case so that having that objectivity, no matter what you're working on, whether it's going great or not so great is just um, something you have to accept as a painter, you know, and, and learn that not everything you do every day, you're going to have time to post online because What's the point if it if it's not working yet? You know, you're just sharing something that's maybe not at the level you really want to share yet. You know what I mean? Unless, unless of course, you know, you're posting things because you like, you know, you like to teach people. Like I've seen some artists who will literally show something and go, yeah, I didn't like how this worked, and they're video them scratching it off or wiping it down, which I find very admirable because you know what? That happens to everyone. You know what I mean? It's part of the beauty of oil paint is you can fix a lot of mistakes, you know? So, you know, nothing's rarely perfect straight out of the gate, unless you're a master, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you ever get like artist block, anything like that, just where you can't, no matter what you're doing, it's just not working? And, and how do you address that? Um, you know, I typically don't get that a lot because I tend, I tend to paint a lot of thoughts I have through a figurative lens. So, and I'm just a super, um, I don't know, I'm just super motivated when it comes to painting. Like it's my passion. So like for me, I have to be really sick, meaning like, you know, I don't know, I get strep throat or something and I, I can't sit upright because I'm just not feeling well or I don't know, a few years back I broke my foot and realized how painful it is to try to sit in an easel with a broken foot. Um, something I would have never realized. <laughs> Um, but yeah, on, a, on occasion, you know, there have been things, we all have things in our lives that happen or that kind of throw us off course for a while. And, um, and so then it's not for me so much as like a block that I, that I don't know what to paint. It's that I need to process what's going on. And I feel like once I've been kind to myself and let myself go through that type of, um, you know, being kind to yourself and just uh, kind of processing all of that. Um, it actually, I feel like helps me as an artist because now I, I just have more ideas. Does that make sense? So like, because everything I, I want to paint about is an experience of some kind. So, so if you're having a block, it's because you're, you're telling yourself you need that time to work out whatever it is. And you can't, you can't put a stopwatch on it. Do you know what I mean? Like go walk your dogs or go out with some girlfriends and have a couple drinks or whatever. And just enjoy the fact that you've got this great life. Right. And it'll work out because it always, it does, you know, it just does. So uh, it may not be exactly what you want, but you know, hopefully it's what you need it. So that's kind of how I try to look at it and, and not, not get too worked up over it. Yeah, I love that. That's really great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I know you've mentioned oil quite a bit. Is that, would you say you work exclusively in oil? Have you played around with other mediums? Um, is there something special about oil for your practice and for you? So I've been painting a long time, actually, and drawing a long time. And so I've, you know, I've worked with colored pencils. I'm familiar with watercolor. I used to do a lot of watercolor, probably like in my early 20s. Uh, lots of acrylic on canvas, uh, lots of kind of abstract, uh, symbolic type paintings, um, which some of which I still have and really like. Um, I think because I've always come from a highly illustrative background, I was always a very tight painter. Um, and that really shows in like my acrylic work. Um, but again, it was also very like graphic. So it, it definitely was not like, like traditional master style, you know, underpaintings with, you know, uh, that kind of process. Um, what other mediums? Oh, I like, you know, I like charcoal, black and white charcoal pencils. Um, I just haven't, I've just been in such a mood to oil paint. I, I think all those years of uh, wishing I could finish art school and um, 
you know, wanting to be an oil painter and, you know, and I had tried various things back then, like I would buy a sheet of masonite and not really know what to do with it. And it'd be really smooth. And I'd be trying to get the oil paint on there. And I just, I didn't have the knowledge about priming and all of that kind of stuff that helps you work with these different materials. And so I have a few old pieces like that, that I look at and go, oh, if you only knew then what you, you knew now, you know, but I still, um, I don't know. I, I, I think about acrylic sometimes. I just feel like now that I finally have this time to like focus on oil, that I really want to play that out and get as good as I can possibly get at it. Um, and I, I really love that you're able to like glaze, you know, colors over other colors to get you know, these really interesting tones and things. And um, that's just something, you know, that I, I don't know, I just love it. I, <laughs> I love doing it and seeing how I can deepen and enrich in areas of a painting. So I, I really don't feel like I could do that with any other medium quite the way I do it with oil, so. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, that's awesome. Let's see. Uh, what type of inspiration do you draw from with your work? I know you do a lot of figurative pieces, but you know, I'm I'm looking at the pieces behind you, and they definitely have some surreal elements to them. So, what you know, what's your thought process, or where do you draw inspiration? So, I have always been a fan of Salvador Dali. I'm not kidding. Since I was probably like 12 years old, but I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But it's been a long time, and. Um, I just was always fascinated with his work and had all his art books and things, coffee table books. It wasn't until um, years later, I went to Philadelphia to see a show of his that I think after it showed in Philadelphia, the last time it would be seen in that form was gonna be in Venice, Italy. And so we, we flew out there to see it and I was blown away like, just it just reinforced everything I ever thought about this artist, right? And um, I don't see myself going to the extreme that some of his <laughs> work goes to, even though I absolutely adore it. I've always just wanted to be able to bring in, I've always wanted to be able to paint a realistic form and put that form in a scenario or a thought or a concept, like a narrative piece is what I usually refer to them as. So like the ones you're seeing behind me, um, the one in the upper part is basically the audition for Oberon. And that, that was actually um, from a group I used to belong into and the idea was to paint your muse. And so I, um, put my muse, my model up on a stage because he's an actor. And during the photo shoot, I was not sure how I was going to convey he was a muse. I just knew I was painting him because he was an actor. And then he started reciting um, the fairy king from A Midsummer Night's Dream. And I was like, oh my God, there it is. Like, but I don't want you to look like the fairy king would in the actual theatrical production. I want you to be in your street clothes and I want to add the magical flower in your jean pocket. And I want the wings to be on the back of your t-shirt because like most of the time when you audition, you're not, 
you're in your street clothes, right? And I wanted this kind of like, I don't know, juxtaposition between, you know, this person who's trying out for a role, right? But all these kind of cool symbols that allude to like the role he's trying out for. Um, I painted a lot of butterfly wings the last few years, um, mainly because there's just been a lot of change and transformation in my life. And I felt like uh, the butterflies in their various forms just speak to um, the transformations we all go through. And so, you know, there's times that when I just, I really paint for me. I'm not, I'm not into painting for anyone else. You know, I, I'm an artist full time and I do everything everyone tells me to 40 plus hours a week, right? So like when I paint, if it's not for me, then I'm not doing what's true to me. And, and so for me, sometimes these little symbols that appear have meaning and, you know, most people get the butterfly as a symbol. I don't think I have to like really explain that too much, but, but I, I also don't like to explain it too much because I don't want to tell people what to think when they're looking at my work. I, I just want them to either relate and re by relate, I mean, like with 12 years, the one that's at Side Street Studio Arts right now, like when I walked in that night, one of the ladies at the front table, when she realized it was me, cause she looked at me and was like, wait, that's you. She got all excited, which was super cool because she's like, you're a mom just like me, aren't you? You know, and I was like, yeah, I am a mom. And she's like, I knew it, I knew it. And it was like, we were just laughing our heads off because like, I didn't have to say a word. She totally understood that painting. Whereas some of the other ones people apprehend on more of a intuitive, less a verbal kind of thing. But I think that's okay. You know what I mean? It's like, they don't want to hear everything about my life, but they do want to at least relate to some of the work I do, which I, which I hope they do. And if they don't, I hope at the very least they're like inspired you know, for some reason. That's awesome. I like that a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I know you, you touched on this just now, uh, talking a little bit about, you know, personal experience that experience that influence your art other than like general inspiration. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you feel comfortable sharing like a few personal things that relate directly to your art? Sure. Um, so one painting I haven't put in any shows probably since last year was a portrait I did of my mother. Um, and I did this portrait. It was like, it was the Christmas before the pandemic. So it ended up being one of the last times I could sit with her in the nursing home. And like, I was there like with Christmas dinner and helping her eat and all this stuff. and. Um, I came across a notepad that she had been writing in and I had been concepting this piece that I wanted to paint of her. I already had the photograph of her and the photograph of her when she was a child, which appears like in the background. But I knew I wanted to have something else in the background. And when I found the notepad and saw what she was writing, and it, 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 was, it was like this huge aha moment for me. Um, she had suffered from Parkinson's for like 20 years. So the handwriting was very hard to read. 
Um, but yet I could still make out what she was writing. And I basically said to her in one of her more lucid moments, can I do this? Like I had comped it all kind of in Photoshop and showed it to her and, you know, was like, can I paint this of you? Like, it's, I just think it's such a great idea and I, I want to do it really bad. And she's like, oh, who wants to look at a picture of me? Look at me, you know, I'm old. And, and I was like, no, that's totally not the point. Like the point is I love you the way you are. And that's the point, right? Like to show who you were and who you are now, it's not like you've really changed that much other than the physical appearance. And so she agreed to it because she's always supported my art. Um, and it was highly, highly personal. Like, um, you know, the pandemic hit and, you know, we couldn't see her at all. Or, you know, sometimes we'd load up a few paintings that I had done and we'd drive to the window and hold them in the window and, you know, put on an art show. And I was finally able to do that with the piece of her. It's over here, you can't really see it, but um, with the piece of her that I did and, you know, we held it up to the window and she just, she just was just, crying and like we were all crying you know it was like oh my you know like she just couldn't fathom what the fin finished piece was until she had seen it you know and um I'm really glad I did that piece she passed away this past September so it's been very difficult <laughs> to say the least um and I you know, I kind of made a promise to myself at that point that I cannot stop painting. Like this is so personal for me that I kind of made a promise to myself that I would do this and make her proud, right? Because like, honestly, it doesn't matter what your age, your mom is always your mom. No matter what the relationship is, sooner or later, you're going to realize how important that person is, right? And how much of a part of your entire life's journey she was, whether you liked it or not. So for me, it was definitely a painting that was therapeutic, that brought us together, that honored her life. Um, it just needed to be done. Like, and, and I love pieces like that because to me, that's where I find not just the most meaning, but I personally feel like that's, that's what makes me feel I've achieved something, you know? Um, it's the best I can explain it, you know? Beautiful. That's really <laughs> great. Yeah. Do you, I don't know what you're working with in terms of your uh, camera, but do you think we could angle it a little bit so we could see that piece if you feel comfortable sharing it uh, I think so let me I just have to move this piece it's always it's always kind of musical paintings here yeah. <laughs> musical easels I should say oh wow so it's this piece oh that's beautiful right there mm -hmm. I hope you can see it oh yeah yeah it's nice and clear on my screen okay yeah so that's the piece it's it was titled remember september um because for some reason in her notebook which is what i painted quite literally 
she had kept writing, remember September, remember September. And we were trying to figure out what she was trying to remember. She had written the word cake. So I'm thinking maybe she was trying to remember my sister's birthday. And then the irony is she actually passed in September, which really quite blew me away. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. So that, that um, I don't know, it just, there's really not words for that, you know? Yeah, that's very powerful. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Gosh, I'm, I'm not sure how to follow that up. Um, Sorry. No, no, <laughs> no, you're fine. That was beautiful. No. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess at this point, you know, what... Do you have anything additional to share or do you have any advice you'd like to give your younger self or just, you know, anything that you want to impart on us at this point? Well, I, boy, um, you know, for anyone listening, I, I would just say that, you know, if art is your passion, no matter what form it takes, you know, do whatever you can to make it happen you know, I mean, within reason, we all need to eat and have shelter and stuff. But, um, you know, I would love to start teaching more. Um, and like I said, maybe even uh, defining classes by what people feel they need instead of just saying, well, here's what I'm going to show you, right? Like, because I, I feel like my journey, there were so many like little things I needed just didn't know where to get them. Um, and, um, you know, part of the deal is I'd, I'd like to do it, you know, in a way that's affordable for people so that, you know, um, I can not only help them, but maybe even build a little bit of a community here locally so that when, you know, someone says, well, I can only afford, you know, like three classes this month or two classes this month, I can say, well, sure, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. And then, you know, when you hit a snag, we can have another class. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, where you like sign some ironclad contract. I, I really like it to be helpful, you know, and other people have helped me um, in various ways and have been really kind in that way. And I feel like it would be a nice way to, I don't know, just help others who maybe can't afford to go to college or um, just don't know their way in quite yet. You know, um, and like I said, that would continue to help me grow. So, you know, it'd be a win-win. And, um, you know, I just would say to everyone out there that, you know, there's really no right or wrong. Do what's in your heart because what's in your heart is what is usually what the truth is. You know, that's, and, and you'll find that out that if you follow through, you know, good things will happen. That's beautiful. That's, yeah. Thank you so much for, you know, talking with me today. It's been oh, it was really, a pleasure, Jess. Yeah, it's been very insightful. And, you know, I'm sure, I mean, I appreciate it. I'm sure the, you know, anybody who watches this will definitely appreciate it as well. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Well, unless you have anything else, I think I'm going to set you free. Great. Well, thanks for this opportunity and for your time. And, for your really great questions. It was a lot of fun and 
now we're Facebook friends and <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's all good. <laughs> we're building that community one artist exactly. at a time. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.